We all remember recess growing up in school. Recess was a time of day where you could have all the conversations that you could not have while in class. Recess, recess is where you had the real conversations and real conversations we're going to have. In each episode of the Recess Podcast, I'm going to have real conversations explaining students and school. I'm David McGuire, and I'll be your host. It's recess time, y'all. What's up, beautiful people? Happy Thursday. David McGuire here back with the Recess Podcast, and I am live again. Missed y'all last week, but I hope you listened to the show last week because it was a dope conversation. But I am back. Episode 39, titled Education Freestyle. I got my homegirl with me. We're going to have a good conversation talking about some of the great work that she's doing, something that she's launching here, and just education in general. So I will appreciate everybody for tuning in. As you know, the Recess Podcast stands for Real Education Conversations, explaining students in school, and we definitely going to have us a real conversation. Uh, go ahead and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page at the Recess Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, the Recess Podcast One, and you know, drop in the comments. Let us know how you're doing. So check in in the comments. Let us know how you're feeling, and we're gonna get this thing cracking. Like I said, I'm in a good mood today. My shirt says I'm rooting for everybody black because that's that's what it's about. Shout out to Issa Ray because I've just it's been it's been a it's been a tough week. It's been a good week. It's been a lot of emotions that's been going on. Um, we got the, the triple guilty. Uh, but also on that same day, we, we watched the life of a 15 year old girl. And then we're still mourning the death of a 13 year old black boy and a 21 year old black boy. So this is a lot happening. Um, but also, you know, we're still also looking for justice for two Indianapolis children that were gunned down a year ago. And so we're still looking for justice for that. So it's a lot going on. But again, we're going to have an education conversation. Of course, we're going to have a, a conversation just in general. So shout out to you. So before we jump in. I want to make sure I give my 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 homegirl an opportunity to introduce herself. So, who is who's Ashley Verdon? Who's Ashley Verdon? Great question, because you know I'm learning something new about her every day. But um, I stand on being an awesome, amazing mother, despite all of everything that I've been going through. A mother of three kids, Tinley Summit Scholars. Indianapolis, Indiana native, longtime Far East Side resident. I'm really excited to be here today. Um, and I'm extremely passionate about bridging the gap between the homeschool and the community. Um, and so I'm ready to have this conversation to see how we can get this popping. Man, you said it. Listen, so some of you, Ashley is a parent at my school. And a quick story listen, so. Three years ago, maybe, I think, when Ashley and I first kind of met. She might have been four years ago, actually, four years ago. Ashley and I met when I became the principal over there at Summit, and she was just always there, you know, in the rooms. And I just loved it because you don't see that too often, right? She wasn't – she just she just was checking in, making sure um, her kids were doing what they supposed to do, but making sure the teachers were doing what they were supposed to do for her kids. And so her and I just – you know, we just talked, we connected. And she pushed me to, to try to engage more parents. And she stepped in the forefront. We helped. We launched Peak Parents and Educators Alongside Kids. And then we launched um, some of the work that we're doing in the neighborhood with Dewberry Determined. And so a lot of things that you see that happening now at Timley Summit uh, was, was a lot of that was Ashley pushing me outside of my comfort zone as a school leader. So 
Shout out to you for that, man. <laughs> I got to give you a love for that because I, I don't think, and I, I know we wouldn't be where we are as a school from our imprint in the community on the far east side if it wouldn't have been for you. So shout out to you for that. So oh, that's nice. Thanks. I, I love compliments and affirmations. Hey, we, we, we need to do more <laughs> of that for people, man. That's it. Yes. Yeah, we got to show love. So you kind of touched on it a little bit when you talked about being a mother of three, but what talk about what got you in this education space about kind of that journey that got you, as I talked about being in the school, but then also extending outside of the school and supporting other schools and other parents and things like that. Yeah, so I want to read this quote. Um, Resilience in the face of adversity is both a strength and a weakness for black people. You know, I told you about this book. I'm reading the heck out of it. So um, I, I recommend all of my black parents, especially all of you who are dealing with mental health issues to read this, or if you know somebody that's dealing with mental health issues, read this. No, she's not paying me, but this book, book is so bomb. Um, and I've learned so much just from reading this book alone. And I say all of that to say that um, I'm very transparent. I really like to expose my wounds, um, just not only to, to help me heal, but to help others heal. Cause I really believe that, Everything that I am, everything that I go through is never just for me to hold on to. You know, the fruit, they say the fruit is not for the tree. So everything that I'm going through is to hopefully help somebody else. So I'm just going to be open. When I chose Tilly, um, I was a mess. I was a complete mess. And I chose them because they were structured and they were able to provide that for my kids because we were living a completely unstructured life. Um, I was all over the place mentally, emotionally, and physically working all hours of the day. Um, and so Tilly was that that backbone for me at the time. And I chose who because it was predominantly black. And I wanted my kids coming from Greenwood, uh, whereas my son was like the only black child in the classroom. Um, I wanted them to be around more people that look like them. Um, so those were the two reasons why I chose the school. I started to become involved because things started to the, the structure that I wanted in the school um, was starting to I'm not, like havoc was being created. You know, I had to like really take a look back and and assess like what's going on. I was getting calls every day. My son was getting suspended all the time. Um, it was just a mess. And it was just really impacting not only my kids, my kids education, but it was impacting our home life as well. So I really, like I said, had to take a step back and realize like, yo, Ashley, your kids is acting up like they're really a reflection of you. They're doing this because it's something that they're not getting. Um, there's something that they're not receiving at home. Um, so you need to step up and try to figure out what it is that you need to that you need to address within you um, and what it is at school. Cause I didn't know what was going on at school. The only time I would go to the school was to drop them off and to pick them up. I never even been into the school unless my son was getting suspended. Um, that was the only time I would sit down and talk to the teachers. I didn't even go to PTO or, you know, the, the parent meetings. I never went to any of those. Um, just, I didn't want to be bothered basically um, until I was forced to, to come up there and uh, you know the struggles I had with my son. Um, and I, like I said, I really realized, sorry, that's my house one, y'all. I really realized he was acting out because of who I was as a mother. And 
um, I had to I had to make some changes. So I started to go to the school to see what was really going on at the school um, and learn that the teachers were just dealing with so much and everything was just all over the place. Um, and there was no way that they could deal with the behavior issues and teach the class at the same time. And so that's why you would see me up there all the time, because I was just trying to pro provide additional support to the teachers. Um, and then to let my let my kids know that I support them. Um, you know, and that I'm there for them and that we're going to figure this out together. Um, long story short, my son's behavior has changed uh, tremendously. Do we still have rough days? Absolutely. Um, but it, it's changed for the better. And I realized, too, another thing that got me so involved was that um, schools really don't have the capacity to be everything that, that we want and need them to be. Um, and so as parents, we need to realize that and, and, and try to bridge those gaps. And that's why I said, like, bridging the gap between the home, school, and the um, community. We have to be step up and figure out ways that we can support to make our schools better. Um, and how, how can we use our strengths and what the, um, our identity and what we bring to the table to, to improve our classrooms and improve our students' behaviors? Like, um, so that's when I got to getting out in the community and seeing what resources I could bring to the school. And, you know, it just it just kind of grew from there. And here it is. I'm stuck in this space now. <laughs> you part of this space now. You you what oh, we call like here. <laughs> yeah. You, you're an edgy parent. Right. You're an <laughs> I like <or> that. <laughs> because listen, and and I think your presence. Right. And this is we're talking about before COVID, but you don't see that too often. In schools, and I'm gonna be honest. I, I know a lot of educators. I've been, you know, I've worked in a couple of schools. I've, I've visited a lot of schools. You don't see parents just come up there and hang out. Now, let me tell you the reason. The reason is not the parents. We don't it's, like y'all though, right? But it's the school, right? The school. <laughs> yeah. The school's got all these rules, right? Yeah, I don't like y'all. Pre look pre pandemic, you had to call 20, 48 hours in advance. You had to only come at certain times of the day. And I always felt yeah, like. Y'all got kids. Y'all got right. kids. We got, I should be able to pull up. And y'all, it's like they um, make us feel bad for being black, for showing up how we are and bringing our full selves. And I, I don't like that. But that's why I love Tinley. Y'all y'all with all of that. So. Oh, yeah, because listen, <laughs> I, we don't have anything to hide. And I, I, do, I truly feel like schools. They have things to hide, right? So it's like, I don't want parents to come. I don't just want parents to pop up, right? Because I don't want you popping up on the teacher when the teacher doing something reckless. But like my show last week, all this stuff, this crazy stuff that these schools are doing to parents, man. I mean, doing it to these kids is crazy, right? Like you got kids kneeling, cleaning out toilets. You cussing I out wish, parents over Zoom. Uh -uh. And listen, I, I don't even want to go back to that because I'm going to get triggered nah, again. And, yeah. and I want to stay on some happy thoughts. So look, we talked about it, the title of the show. Education freestyle. Well, what's because when I think of freestyle, I think about to drop these bars. So, what is <laughs> <laughs> what is education freestyle uh, that that you got going on here? Um. So yeah, that's kind of like what inspired it. Like with with the educational landscape, it's kind of like you know, hey, we're forced to to deal with our we're forced to deal with what whatever they hand in us. It seems like you know, um, but how can we how can we take what they're giving us and like basically, you know, rewrite the narrative for our, our schools and our community. How can we, you know, write up our own flows and, and reclaim our stories and and really step up and and, and be what our kids need um, 
need us to be. And then to, you know, just really making it ours. I feel like, you know, when you do a freestyle, you're making it yours. And so that's what we're doing with education freestyle, just really rewriting the narrative um, for our schools and our community. I love it. I love it. So when you think, you know, I'm going to say that I, we're going to get into that, but talk more about what role that you see education freestyle playing in the larger education landscape. Cause you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in education right now. Right. And, and a lot of things are um, impacting students, impacting parents, even impacting educators. So when you think about education freestyle, when it, when it blows up, cause I know it's going to blow up soon. What part, what role do you see it playing in the larger landscape? So, again, I got to keep saying this. I'm really big on bridging the gap between the homeschooling and the community. Like, I really believe that as parents, we need to be the ones to step up and, and um, fill these voids that are missing and really supplementing, um, you know, our kids' education, too, at home. But how I see education freestyle showing up um, in the larger landscape is just really building. We're building a community, you know, where families can really come together to heal, um, to learn and to lead. Um, I really don't feel like, you know, we can expect parents to step up and, and be all of these things until they're healed, because I know before the old Ashley and even like last year, um, COVID really reminded me why I got involved. Um, the old Ashley didn't care about no test scores. I didn't care about no homework. You can talk to all my teachers. They'll tell you like, I, I just didn't care because I wasn't there. You know, my heart wasn't there. I was dealing with my own personal issues um, and really realized that I needed a community. Um, I learned, I've seen a quote, another quote. It says, community is our light and source of replenishment. Um, and that's what I found when I started to be more involved. And that's what um, education and freestyle would be. It, everything that I needed when I got started, it was like I kind of had to like dig hard for information um, just to really figure out how to support my school. And all I would run into was, you know, the conversation about how charter schools are hurtful to our community or, you know, just everything to make me against where I send my kids to school, where I choose to send my kids to school. There was no programs out there to help support my choice as a parent. And so that's what education freestyle is going to be. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to build a community to heal and affirm each other's identity. I touched on this on social media last week. Um, we're going to affirm each other's identity and purpose and then fight for what's rightfully ours. Man, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot of good stuff. And something you said that, that stood out to me is when I think about, particularly when it comes to like black black students and black children and black families and black community, right? There are three major pillars, right? when the black community was really thriving, right? You had the church, right? You had the church that was, was working. And, you know, I, I, there's a lot I haven't thought about how the church is playing a part in things going on now. You had some form of uh, coalition, whether it's NAACP or Urban League that was thriving. And then you had the schools. And when those th three things were in sync, right? All, everything was good. But too, too, too often, a lot of the schools that are in these black communities it is not that they're poor schools, right? I'm not going to, that, that can be subjective in some standpoint, but
but it's when the schools were disconnected from the community. That's what you got a lot of, whether it's a high performance school or a low performance school, you have too many schools that are disconnected from the community. And I always say just because it's a high performance school don't mean it's a high performance school for your child. And, exactly. and, and that's what I think about when I think about this fight to get parents involved. But a question I always ask, the biggest debate when it comes to educators and, you know, we got a lot of jargon and things like that is this idea of school choice. And Ashley, I know you talk with a lot of parents, not just Timley parents, but parents, and you got a lot of connections. And so I got a question for you and even those in the audience that are parents that are not like directly connected to a school from a standpoint of employment. This idea of school choice debate, is this even a debate that parents, do parents even talk about school choice, you know, charter school versus public schools versus private schools? Or is that just a debate that educators we have to just make a scene? Do parents actually understand, <laughs> even talk about school choice debate? Uh, Yeah, so I spoke with a parent last week. We, <laughs> um, And something she said, and just even in this book that I'm reading, as parents, as black parents, there's like an illusion of school choice. Like, um, I, we don't really feel like that there's a thing. And like the biggest choice that we have to make is um, whether or not to send our kids to like a good school or to send them to a like culturally responsive and diverse and relatable school, you know? Um, <laughs> like that's the biggest issue that we deal with. Like I literally spoke to a former Tinley parent who loved Tinley, but felt like she was missing something and sent them to a township school. And guess what? She coming back next year. And we see this every, <laughs> we see this every year. And they like, I'm taking my kids out. I've talked to so many Tinley parents. I'm taking my kids out. I'm like, okay, but you got to really ask yourself, like, do you want your child to be the only one in the classroom? The only one, like, I, I couldn't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I, I haven't looked up any studies or anything, but I'm pretty sure that can't be healthy at no point in time. Could that ever be healthy? It may not show up now, but it definitely will show up later. Um, so yes, I have never, yes, parents have that conversation, but the parents that do have that conversation are educators. So to answer your question, to go back to your original question, I really feel like it's a big show because we really just trying to do what's best for our kids. Um, and that's why I said Education Freestyle wants to make sure parents are equipped to know, like, what, you know, just really lay out school choice and break, clear up the illusion. So parents know, like, this is your options. This is, you know, what's available for you. How can you navigate that, you know, and do what's best for your child? Like, how can we support your choice? Like, forget school choice. Like Dr. Charles uh, Cole says all the time. He don't talk about school choice. He talks more about parent choice. And that's that's where we're at. Like y'all can y'all can stop all that because we ain't got time. Like let's let's get these kids together. Let's do the work and stop with all the semantics. Um it's yeah. it's killing me. Yeah. When people always say, are you pro charter or pro public? I'm like, I'm pro parent and pro good school, right? I don't care what it looks like, right? We we gotta be about good school, especially when we talk about black and brown kids, right? Like we just got to have good schools. I don't really care what type of school it is. And for the parent, either. let the parent, you know, choose that school. But but you're right, you know, shout out to those Tinley parents that are coming back. I, I, I <laughs> you, know, tell you know, we, we can name and them I, right and now, I, but and I, I do that. Right. And I love y'all, but I, I always tell y'all, man, the grass ain't always greener. It right. Is. Like, but I think that that's part of the problem. 
And I'm not I'm not here to bash township schools or nothing like that, but I just feel like the type of communication you get typically at charter schools, you don't get that at township schools, right? They rely a lot on the dojos and the what is it, the parent square. But it's like pick up the phone and call, pick up the phone and text, catch them at a car line, right? Like have that interaction, but they don't. And I don't know what that is. I well, some of that's probably the unions, but we're not gonna talk about that. But I just feel like parents, parents that hate that sometimes or get frustrated with it, then they go to another school and they don't get it, and then they're like, "Wait a minute, why, why you why aren't you reaching out? Why aren't you getting those things?" And so, I think that. I think how many times have you got on me for not getting on? <laughs> man, listen. Actually, I know. Man, I'm quick to call. That dojo is something else. Like I gotta keep up with email, dojo, social media for work. Like, listen, we gonna have to. And that's another thing I always tell teachers. They always ask, like, how can I engage more with my, my families? And I'm like, figure out the best way that they communicate. You sitting up here trying to do the same thing, you know, for every parent. And that's how they do our kids, try to do them the same thing, what? teach them the same cookie cutter way, and it's not working. And y'all ain't trying to take the time to adjust. Like, Listen, I got notes on my parents. I'm like, this parent won't, won't text me. This parent wants emails. This parent wants dojo. <laughs> this parent said, Mr. Guar, see me at the dismissal line or see me at the yes. pickup line. So yes. I, I got to know those things because if I if I do the opposite of that, I can't get mad at that parent when they don't if communicate they don't back. Up, exactly. Because that's my fault because I asked, they told me, and I got to remember. But see, that's the work. That's the work that people don't want to do. And I think I, I, people always say, why are you always bashing school leaders and you a school leader? I'm not bashing school leaders. I'm just saying I had a school leader, Kelly Marshall, shout out to Kelly Marshall, who taught me, right, the way in which you engage parents. One of her four R's was relationships, right? Relationships were key. One of the two other R's was response. You got to have the, the right response. And so I always hang on those four R's. You know, the other one was ritual and resilience, but I love the relationship and the response. And so I just think that we got to remember that as school leaders. So as you... For somebody like you who's a parent who's heavily involved in your child's in your children's school and just in the broader education space, how do you navigate this space? Right? Because you know this space is messy. This education space is real messy. <laughs> how do you navigate the space and how do you support other parents to help them navigate this space when it is messy and it is muddy? Yeah. Um, so listen, to be honest, I'm still trying to figure it out because. Honey, it's crazy. Like you said, the education space is so layered. Um, and just my own personal life is crazy, too. You know, just being a mother of three, like, extremely smart, outspoken kids with huge personalities. Um, and just, like, we're constantly learning and growing each other, you know, growing each day. So it's like, you know, we're constantly having to evolve and, and just really work on our own relationship in our home. So it's hard. I'm still trying to figure it out. But one thing, like I said, I rely heavily on is um, community and two conversations. Like I share, I share, cause there's no way that we can really figure stuff out. Um, if we're just like trying to figure it out on our own, like we can't, we cannot be our, be our best possible selves by ourselves like we literally have to lean on each other um share our issues talk it out like that's the best way that i can um say that i navigate um 
through this system is through like these conversations that we have with each other. Cause you know, I'll pull up to Tinley in a minute when I have a concern about something, I'm like, man, what's up with this? Like, and just talking it out helps me better understand and helps gives me another tool to put in my toolkit while I'm trying to figure this out. Cause uh, y'all crazy. I'm gonna just say it right now. Y'all, the, the education institutions, that are you know in charge of funding and all of that the schools the parent, everybody everybody crazy we just need to switch up everything but <laughs> um yeah so that's the best way i can i can the best advice i can give is talk to each other and stop trying to go through this stuff by yourself because you ain't gonna make it you're gonna drive yourself crazy trying to not air your dirty laundry keep everything in your household like what we've been taught y'all gonna drive yourself crazy and then two i'm gonna just say this I know we talking about education, but get you a therapist. Hey, come on now. Get you a therapist. We done watch um, Derek Chavon, however you say his name, get charged, three guilty charges. We know he's not going, he's probably not going to serve enough time, but we keep watching. We keep tuning in to this kill. We keep watching folks get killed online. We ain't drinking our water. We ain't, you know, seeking no kind of um professional help for our health like we just out here bad you know and then trying to do all of this by ourselves no you ain't gonna never figure out the educational landscape or how to navigate it or how to be a better parent or how to be engaged in school until you you get that stuff in check <laughs> hey man listen shout out to the therapist i got me uh, one I got oh, me sorry, one. I gotta read what keisha said girl we're not crazy we just need girl just i don't know hey you know i'm a little crazy <laughs> I, I, look, those that know me, as you know, I, I can be crazy sometimes. But listen, that therapist piece, right? Drink your get water, your eat your fruits water. and vegetables. Man, That's listen, get you a therapist. And, and listen, if, and I'm not here to push religion, but if you pray, pray. If you meditate, right, yeah. meditate. Whatever your thing is, man, you got to find something. Because the, the other things that we do, right? Some of that stuff ain't healthy. And you, we watching, we watching all this toxin, right? I be glued into CNN faithfully. Watching no, black people get gunned down, no. and I don't know why, but nope. it, but, but between <laughs> that, reading all these articles of these schools mistreating black children, and then honestly, right, going on social media, reading people's statuses, it's just, and then we've been in a pandemic for a year and some change. It's a lot going on, and if, if you man, if you man it through this, and and you not seeking help, then listen, I, I don't know, I don't know how you're oh. doing it. But I think you might be living in this false reality because that stuff will catch up with you. But if you are being honest, right, when you're sad or when you're hurt and when you need help, you know, like we got to be real about that. And I think that's that. But see, that's the problem with the school. The problem with the school is when when teachers and principals and schools struggle with students who they label as a behavior issue, they're too prideful to ask for help from the expert, which I've said it best. The parent is the student is the child's first and best teacher. So why wouldn't you ask that parent or say, hey, mom, dad, I am struggling with so-and-so. Let What am I missing? What is it that she likes? What is it that he likes? What is What triggers her? What what makes him tick? What is it well, outside? Because I can't whoop them. But what is it right. that I can do to help them meet me? You know, but we don't do that, right? We think we got all the answers because we got a couple of degrees. And we're going to get to that because we're going to talk about these <laughs> education elitists. Oh, and these man, bougie, I was these, hoping we was gonna run out of time. No, nah, man. It, listen, we're gonna talk about these bougie <laughs> educators, man, because I be seeing them on Facebook, man, and I'm getting sick of them. But we're gonna get to that later. But we need 
more people being honest and asking for help. And I say this all the time. We need schools. And as you said, bridging the gap between school, home, and, and community. And let me interrupt you. You know, I'll be, I get excited. I get to interrupt the folk. But Come listen, on. parents, y'all need to ask the school for help, too. Just like hey. just like you saying the school needs to ask the yeah, parents for help. I learned so much. I, I, we was just talking the other day, and you said some stuff, and I was like, wow. about about Isaiah switching schools for Isaiah he's like Mm -hmm. and it just really opened up my eyes and I'm like I never would have had that perspective a lot I've learned a lot of stuff about my kids from my teachers like stuff that I because you your kids act different when they go to different spaces and we need Mm -hmm. to just really understand that and 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 put our pride and ego to the side and really lean on each other um, cause yes, we know our kids best at home. We know we've raised them. They probably act just like us, but there y'all can see stuff that we can't see. So we need to be leaning on. This is a, this is a group thing. This is a group. We need to be leaning on each other. Like, and but, I'm going to lean, like, I'm going to lean, like, I, and, you already know. I'm going to ask. I'm, and I'm going to lean back because listen, <laughs> I, I tell you all the time. I, I tell parents all the time. Look, you know, I'm there for you. You know, I, I will ride or die. But I'm also going to tell you when you slipping, when I like, hey, mom, I need you or dad, I need you. And, and let me let me do this real quick. Let me speak to t- speak to the fathers and the dads. Listen, I don't care nothing about the relationship you got with the child's mother. Right. That shit don't mean nothing. Right. But the relationship you have with your child, don't use whatever bad vibes you and the mom got to be absent on your child, to, to not be engaged. I love when I see dads pulling up or when when a dad be like miss mcguire what's going on because i don't get the i don't get the newsletter on sunday because it go to mom's email can you send it to me too i'm like yep i got you right i add you on there too (laughs) because listen sometimes you know that listen you know the relationship that dynamic and i you know we're not always seeing eye to eye if we're not together so sometimes information slip but dads i need you don't you ain't here to ask the mom ask your child go to the school you on a birth certificate let me give you a trick. If you on a birth certificate, <laughs> if you sign the birth certificate, let me. I'm, I'm gonna give you a tip. If you on a birth certificate, you got every right in that school too. Even if she forgot to add you on the pickup, right? If you on the birth certificate, the only thing that can keep you out of that school is a court order. So I need you and to I show love, up. I love the attention that you put behind displaying that at the school. I could be beefing with my kids that he come there and y'all are friendly and stuff. I'm like, don't be friends with him, like. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's serious about this. And yeah. I, I am because it's important because I need the I need the child to see mom, dad, school. Cause listen, he he or she, they can't get us all. If all three of us are lockstep, exactly. right? It, mm-hmm. That makes for it, but that's a that's a healthy environment. That is a healthy, healthy environment. And we just we just need more of that. But but shout out to the dads that are doing it. Shout out to the dads who are working through it. Shout out to the moms, though, man, because listen, y'all, let me tell you something about, about these moms, man. <laughs> I watch, I watch these moms. Listen, I watch these moms be with their kids doing virtual learning, work a job, launch a business, keep the house up, and still check me as a principal when I didn't send a private support <laughs> during virtual learning. <laughs> like, straight up. Like, I'm like, hey, man, y'all, I mean, that's that's real, right? And not all heroes wear capes, but some of these moms, man, are, are heroes. Like, right? And, and I just, I love it. And I love when they are just involved and 
they are holding everybody accountable while also keeping themselves accountable too. But I'm going to say this too. Listen, love yourself. Love yourself first. Take care of yourself um, because we need you. Your child needs you and the world needs you, right? That, what, what African Proverbs said, well, you educate a woman, you educate a, a, the nation, right? And so that's what we got to do. We, we got to build up women and build up our girls for sure. And I want to shout out to the folks in the comments, man. Y'all rocking with us. I appreciate it. What's up, Unc? Got Unc in the building. He's in there. Hey, Unc. Oh, yeah. there's the comments right yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Unc's in the building. <laughs> I, I got I got one of our other parents is in there, too. Hey, Bree. Yeah, Bree's in there. Uh, but What's look, up, Bree? Hey, <laughs> hey, Unc, you right. Look, where are all the black male teachers? So look, Ash, I want to I take a pivot real quick because we got time. So I posted a status, right? And I was like, this is a serious question. Where are all the black male teachers, classroom teachers in grades K through six in Indianapolis? I'm going to be honest, man. I've looked and I, I, pre I shout out to the folks. Shout out to the folks that put them on there. But listen, I'm struggling to find them. And I have nothing against the PE teachers and the, the sped teachers. But I'm looking for where are the where's the black male that teaches fourth grade? Where's the black male that teaches third grade? And it's not about me trying to hire them. I don't care nothing about that. I'm trying to do a focus group. Because okay, so I'm trying what to, you trying to do? I'm trying to do a focus group because I need to. I need to get to the root of why aren't more black males in the elementary setting more, more, more open, more out there, more, you know, standing up, shouting out. Like, why aren't you advocating for these kids? Because it's in it's in the elementary where we lose kids, right? It's in the elementary. And what do you think? What do you think that that would do? Having what? more black male educators. Learning something. What in, in elementary? elementary. Oh, yeah, learning something. Come on. I like y'all. If y'all don't know, I like to instigate and hype folk up. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Can, all right, tell me how powerful this would be. Imagine, let's take, let's take your baby girl. She's a first grader, right? Imagine walking into the school and down the element, down the hallway, the K2 hallway of the of the six classrooms in that hallway. Four of those rooms were manned by black males standing out in the hallway, maybe shirt and tie with a clipboard in hand, ready to greet these kids. You tell me what that would do if you as a parent saw that. What would that do for your child if they saw that black men suited and booted standing outside the door ready to greet kids at seven, eight, nine years old? Picture that for a second. Those that are listening, I want you to just picture that what that looks like. Right. When you get a yearbook or you get a class picture. And you look at your child K through six and of those seven grades, four of their teachers were black males because what it is, reality is seven out of seven of the teachers were females. Maybe they were black women. Maybe they were white women, but they're always they're always women mostly. But imagine if more than half of that was a black male at that age. As their classroom teacher, man, come on, man, you, you talking about changing the narrative. You talking about a, you talking about What's a mirror? Say? He said me... research research says it increases a black kid's chance of going to college exponentially. Listen, come on now. So we here we are, right? Because what does it say? The, society has you thinking that black men are athletes and they're rappers, they're entertainers. That's the good qualities. The the bad media has you telling that they are absent, uh, they're criminals. And there are all these other negative stereotypes. But if I'm a child and majority of my teachers are black men, how do you think I see black men when I grow up? My perception of white women, 
was shaped by my second grade teacher who was a white woman because she took care Ooh. of me and she loved me. So that became my perception for every white woman I saw because that that's what I saw. Imagine if a second grade girl, black girl, white girl, girl, see a black male, how do you think she would see black men? Because she would say, you know what? I don't know about you, but I had a black man as a second grade teacher and he was the best. So every black man she see, she would see that that teacher she had. And that would at least change the perception so we don't have a bunch of Karens when they grow up. <laughs> I know that's right. I think I'm thinking about just going back to what you said, thinking about my daughter experiencing that and how much it would. Uh, they have an amazing relationship with their dad, and but how much more it would strengthen their relationship just like she can see what's possible what she's learning from one you know i just i could mm -hmm. just see how that would help all around not only with education and school but really having not only having their identity affirmed as black kids at home but they going to school and getting that from a black man you know i i feel like that yeah I don't know. I, I got some names and I'm going to reach out to them because we're going to put them on the show because, again, I just want right. Teachers are known as, you know, protectors and, and nurturers and all these other things. When you have black men that are teachers, they get that same label, which is what we need, because when the community was thriving, when the black community was thriving, you had black men, preachers and black men, teachers at the forefront of everything that was happening in the community. And I keep saying teachers because I am a black male principal and that's nice and, and that's a good presence, but it's, it's easy to find a black male principal, right? You throw a rock, you find those because schools are seeking them. We gotta put that same energy into finding these black male teachers. But here's what I'm gonna say to these black male teachers. Y'all gotta speak up. They gotta speak up and stand up and stand out. You can't just be in the shadows. You, we, we, uh, we, go, we, we need to say that to them. Everybody, show up and show out. Take up space. Take take up space, take up man. Space. Take up space because the 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 profession needs you. Our community needs you. So to those black males, I'm a, I'm gonna reach out to them one by one. I'm gonna say, you know, and I'm gonna ask the question: What are you doing outside of being a teacher? Because our our community needs you to be more than a teacher, right? If you're gonna carry this badge of being a teacher as a black man, it comes with a lot more. We don't have the luxury of just saying, you know what, I'm gonna go and teach my kids, and I'm a and I'm a, I'm gonna go do it by my business. It that ain't that ain't working because our black babies are dying, right? You got a 13 year old boy that got shot in the alley in Chicago, right, at 2 a.m. in the morning, right? There should have been a black male that said he should have been at home. Mommy, he shouldn't have died, but he should have been at home, right? We got a 15 year old black girl that got that got shot in front of her family, right? We need the black male teachers in the forefront protesting and advocating and speaking out talking to our black girls we hosted a event called summer girl magic that was all about empowering black girls because as a man they needed to see me that i was in the forefront trying to be in the forefront of empowering black girls so to these black male educators man we we need you we need you we need you in the building straight up i just i had to get off i got i'm gonna get off my soapbox so we can get back to the show but i just needed to say that man Hold on for a second. Go, yeah, go do your thing. But look, that, that's what that we That was Leah. That was Leah. Hey, Leah. Uh, so, ask, let me ask you this. What are parents telling you about the type of education that their child has received in this pandemic space, right? So what are some of the stories? Like, is it has it been quality? Has it not been? Have they seen that schools have used the pandemic as an excuse on not to hold the expectation? What have you heard from parents about how school has been during this pandemic? Yeah, um, 
So again, I'm I'm just gonna be transparent because uh, last year was a mess for me, and I didn't do the virtual learning thing. Um, I didn't. Uh, y'all was calling me. I'm like, I'm not going. That's that's yeah. That's not real. Um, but I made sure they read at home. Like I did everything I could to supplement their learning. But that virtual stuff, no. But I had a I spoke with a parent the other day, and she was flipping out. Her kids go to a township school. And she said, Ashley, girl, tell me why my child ain't did not a near homework, studied nothing, and took this test and pa passed all of her finals. She passed all her finals, but didn't do no work. Do the, like, how do you, how do you, I don't know, like, what, what is she, I think she passed the class. Like, how, what, what expectations are y'all holding for our kids throughout all of this? Like, and then with my kids, I'm going to just say, this is no diss, but. And I do everything I can to make sure, you know, that they're still learning even at home. But we didn't do any virtual learning um, and they still pass. So we got to have those conversations too, David. Like, and I'm Absolutely. just going to be real. And I've told you several times, like, I don't, I, I think that's, that speaks to like what's been going on though. Like we, they, mm -hmm. our kids have been getting passed without really doing the work. They've been, I, I look at me, I just found my old, report card from my senior year of high school, it was like F's and C's, but I still graduated. Um, so what happened during the pandemic just really highlighted like everything that we've been struggling with and parents are not happy. Um, although I do, I have heard from some parents that now they want to homeschool their kids and they're, so they're looking for curriculum to support, you know, homeschooling their kids. Um, it's just really changed like how we look at education and like do we even need to send our kids to school like we y'all forced us to stay home do we really need y'all now you know um so that's like the gist of what I've been hearing just parents are not they're not satisfied I just think it's a it's a joke um because the kids aren't really learning anything um <laughs> they're getting passed for not they're doing barely nothing and just really considering their choice that they made in their school. Like even me, I, I mm -hmm. thought, man, I'm about to switch my kids up out of Tinley. Um, <laughs> this was me the whole, I was like, I'm about to homeschool <laughs> my kids. I'm about to homeschool. I, 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 you know, I'm going off. And um, yeah, cause I just wasn't happy. I just wasn't happy mm -hmm. with what I was getting. I was, I think that um, it's just, it was just too unrealistic. And then, just even hearing what other parents were dealing with. I'm like, this can't be real. Y'all can't really expect kids to sit down all day on a computer and do anything. Like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. So I'm not about to push my kids to do it. Um, so yeah, there's that. Not trying to bash any schools. I love Tinley Summit. Um, hey, and I, hey, but listen, <laughs> I, listen, people, people that know me, people that, that know me, Right, I, I love my school, and I will I will shout about the great things we're doing at Tinley Summit. But I should tell you, I'm quick to check some folks, and <laughs> I'm 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 quick to call people to the carpet because you're absolutely right. It is absolutely trifling. It's trifling. trifling. It's what you for you to give. A, how you go? Listen, I, and I and people know I had a conversation, a very direct conversation with that teacher. How you gonna pass a kid? They didn't show up to Nan live session, didn't do Nan work, yes. but you just passed it because you said, well, they're a bright kid. No. That, they can be a bright kid, but they can be a bright kid. Don't do that zero. to my baby. Is that, because, because Don't do what, that to my baby. This is what you do. You give a kid false hope. And a lot of a lot of schools are giving these kids false hope 
about where they are in progress. And then you get parents who go to one school and their kids on the honor roll, but the kid can't read. And I'm like, yeah, and I and, and we need how? to really have have those serious conversations too as parents. Like, it hit me, you know, my son came home with the retention letter, and I was like, wow, you know, and me and my son had to have a conversation. Like, well, we got to be honest, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, uh, uh, both of us. I'm responsible. I'm I'm more responsible than you, you know. But we we dropped the ball this year, and we jumped back on it, got it, put it together, got his grades back up, so. You know, God's will, he'll get passed on. But we can't, we have to put our pride to the side. I think that hurts our feelings when we find out that our kids are not where they're supposed to be. And, but, so we'll take them out of a school and move them to another school just so they can progress to the next grade. And you're doing more harm than you are helping. You you know, you're just trying to make yourself look good. You need to take your ego out of it or you're going to be raising a dummy or you're going to have a child like me. Like I'm, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm dumb or anything, but I will say that I have to work twice as hard as the next to comprehend something that I've read. And I'm a 34 year old woman. I've been in college trying to obtain my degree since I graduated from in 2004 from high school. And I went to magnet schools. Uh, my mom used school choice to, you know, I, I, all the things, you know, but there was that somebody at some point of time should have sat down and was like, look, because I remember vividly in seventh grade, not reading none of them books to kill a mockingbird, whatever else. I'm like, I'm not reading. This is horrible. But I passed. Y'all passed me on. And look at me now, you know, so like we have to really be serious, like, you know, really figure out what's working for our kids. What, what, what I say earlier, doing the right thing the wrong way will destroy you. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm, that's like that's like my model. That's why you know I had to make a shift in my job last year. That's why I had to shift in how I'm doing this parent work. Um, yeah. just you just sometimes you have to really look at like you know, am I is this the right way to be going about doing this? Whatever it is, educating your kids, choosing the best school, you know, everything. Let mm -hmm. uh, man, <laughs> go. I know people hate the word retention and as you mentioned it, right? We sent, we sent retention letters to parents and here's why we sent it up for multiple reasons. If a kid was failing, so they weren't doing the classwork. So that's why they had a zero, right? Cause they weren't doing the classwork. They had zero because they were missing school, right? They, they, they miss, they miss a lot of schools and you send those retention letters as a warning, not as a threat, but as a warning, because it's like, Hey, let me, maybe this will get your attention, but let me tell you what's happened after those retention letters. Boy, these parents got these kids at school. These kids are doing this work. Tell, tell them what I did. Tell them what I hey. talk about. Me. Hey, man. Use Listen. me. Because I show, I was like, why you let my baby go to Shadow Day? And he ain't, may not even be going to celebrate hey, listen. She, she called me <laughs> out with the, she called me out with the quickness. I sent her son to Shadow Day. She said, why is he over there? I said, well, he's in sixth grade. She said, well, he got a retention letter. I was like, touche. Touche. You're right. But but let me tell you what, what happens, though. What schools are afraid to do, they're afraid to do that, right? But what they'll do is they'll wait to June 3rd when school's out June 4th yeah. and say, hey, hey, Miss Verdon, so we're going to retain your child. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That's we had a conversation in February and March, right? And that that's that's the problem. And But schools are afraid because retention is a dirty word. But I, I say this to schools, and I say this to parents first. And you said it. You have to think about what's worse, going to the, the 4th of July barbecue 
and talk about how your child got retained or fast forward 10 years later, going to the barbecue and talk about why your kid didn't graduate. Like that's, that has to be the thing you ask. So why not, if, if need be, if need be, why not take a step back to make sure they graduate? Because to me, I've seen parents graduate the same way, whether the kid graduated high school at 18 or 19. They still happy. So it, it really doesn't matter what that year does. But when we put kids, when we go let kids go through the system and they can't read and they ain't learn nothing in school, to your point, Ashley, because schools, your school didn't see you as a 34-year-old woman. Because if they did, they probably would have thought about, am I sending Ashley into the world the right way as a 34-year-old woman? Or am I just saying, let me just get her off my books and let me just pat my graduation stats? And then and that's the problem. A broken Ashley who is hurt and, and dealing with not knowing her identity and subjecting herself to all kind of mess, putting that on my kids and then sending them to deal with y'all. And then, so so what are we going to do? Because somebody got to break this cycle. That's y'all going to keep getting these active, overactive kids who don't know how to express themselves because they're not given that space to do so at home because their parents don't know how to do it. Because, yeah, you know, it's just kind of like skating through life, you know? Mm-hmm. So look, Ashley, we're we gonna, we gonna have this, we're gonna have this conversation for the next five minutes. All right. We're gonna have a conversation about bougie educators. We got to. And and only because I love people that do the work. So I those of y'all that do the work and y'all know who y'all are, that my peoples that do the work, I ain't talking about y'all because we got our degrees and we doing the work. I'm talking about these other mofos that got a couple degrees and then they forgot where they were from or they, or they forgot who their people are. Right. And, and they, they, they bad mouth them. They criticize their kids. They criticize the parents. They talk all this noise, right. About what parents ain't doing, but you ain't bringing no solutions. Instead of best, right. Make a plan. You do right. Make a plan. You doing all this talk, but you're not trying to make it plain or you're not even trying to give a parent a plan. All you're doing is bad mouthing them and criticizing them and talking about what they ain't doing. But you forgot that's the same parent that you was kicking it with when you was in high school. Right. Y'all was on the same block together. But because you <laughs> happened to make it and got a degree that you forgot that. And there's a lot of educators that are like that. And a lot of these educators, some of them are black that are standing in front of these black kids. And to me, that's just as harmful. Because when it when when your own people stab you in the back, that's just as bad as when white educators stab you in the back. Because you can kind of expect that. But when you got black teachers and educators mistreating black kids, that's that's a problem. But it'd be these bougie ones that get a couple that's degrees. I, I love I love me some bougie black folk now. I don't even because I'm a little bougie. If I sit down. I'm real laid back, but if I sit down and really examine myself, I really got like bougie standards sometimes, you know. So this ain't no diss to the bougie folk, but <laughs> I can't stand when somebody, you know, gets to a certain level of life and, and begins to look down on other people like they ain't never been through nothing. And I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, at one point I was on my way there and God had to knock me down. Not God, you know, I put myself in situations and got knocked down and had and really was shown like why. You know why I'm doing this work and why I gotta stay, you know, with the level of humility and and realizing mm-hmm. that we're all going through something. Um, we're all dealing with our own struggles, our own demons, and we need to be more empathetic towards each other and and know that um, yes, education is key. Education is important, 
but getting a college degree is not everything. It doesn't make you God. Um, and really, <laughs> what, 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 when I first heard the question, what really came to mind is like, and I don't really don't want none of y'all around my kids if this is what you're going to do, but <laughs> y'all just know how to assimilate better than, uh, than uh, I'm not going for it. I'm not, I'm not cold switching no more. I'm not finna learn how to do stuff the way the white folk do it because if we ever gonna like make it and see change, we gotta accept our own identities, our personalities, the way we show up. We gotta accept that and bring it and and bring it hard and, and affirm others so they can feel the same. Like don't come around my kids teaching them how to like, yes, there's a time and a place for everything, but don't tell them that the way they talk and their loud personality and all of this is, is too much and to not bring it to the classroom um, or they got to talk a certain, like, I, don't, I, I, I really don't know how to articulate it, but it's just assimilation, code switching. Like y'all just really good at that. And that makes you feel better. And it's really, really harmful. And it's sad that you think that being respectable and assimilating and all of this stuff is going to keep us safe and protect our kids. It's not. It's not. It's going to hey, harm us even more. Hey, look at look at this comment. Man. I, and, I, and I love this one. So it says, if it's not authentic, they don't see a mirror. And we talked about, right, creating these mirrors. They see a trap door and they run to the street because the high sedity nature ain't it. Amen. It ain't it. It's like, make you feel like, you know, yeah, nah, I got too much personality to be put in a box. And I feel like that's what these bougie educators is trying to do is put our kids in a box and really keeping them from being their full selves. Mm -hmm. Because look, a true educator, right? They can take the environment in which that kid lives in they can take the way in which that kid talks, the way in which that kid acts, and they can foster that and show them how they can leverage that and exactly. not compromise who they are and still make it in this world. I tell people all the time, I got two full sleeves as a principal. I graduated from college. I got a bunch of tattoos. I like Pushaisi, gang gang. <laughs> I'm all about it, right? <laughs> But I, I, I don't, I, and people know that, right? They might see me pull up to Tinley parking lot playing some rap music because that's what I like because that's what the kids like. But but I'm not going to compromise it. I'm not going to turn it down when I go in the parking lot. I'm going to keep it who I am because I am who I am. And, and, and real people, look, kids see real straight up, right? If, you, if I tell you, the kids know real and, and they can sniff a fake and a phony in a heartbeat. And they know when you're not being real. And when you're not being real, they're not going to mess with you, right? They're not going to rock with you. But when you be real, it allows them, when, when, when black educators are real in front of kids, it allows kids to be their true black authentic self. I got a teacher, man. That's the only man. way we're going to see change. That's the only way we're going to see change, Listen, man. I got a teacher, and I'm going to shout out Miss Willis. Man, Miss Willis is her true black self, man. And she show up like that every day. And those girls absolutely adore her. Because they look at her and they're like, I love Miss Willis. They're oh. like, I want to, I want to be like Miss Willis. Yes. She shows up every day who she is, and the girls see that, and people are like, what girls? Whether and she teaches second and third grade, but you got kindergarten girls, first grade girls, all all these all these girls in sixth grade that just gravitate to her because they be like, I want to be like her because she mm -hmm. looks like because she's who she is. 
India, and how yes. powerful just that ha- is. Yeah. And that's that- why I love you and India too. Like she, India, <laughs> I learned so much from her. Like she ain't gonna never let me uh uh go back to trying to be little little Ashley no more. She ain't gonna Listen. let me. I just know it. <laughs> I mean, if, if y'all don't know India, India is a is a CEO and a founder of a school, and she is ghetto, she and that's ghetto. okay. Cause we ghetto. That's just who we India are. India, But listen, <laughs> but India, 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 tell them if they dare try to come for us, we're gonna put you in your place. So don't yes. let it fool you. Don't think the little ghettoness and the little Ed ratchetness that you think you're gonna come for us. Cause we quickly to put you in your place. And if you don't know, go to India's page and watch the video of her and Roland Martin. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say that. I'm gonna just put that out there. In case. So listen. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, man. But but again, that's why I think, you know, and, and this is not me bragging. I, I think that's why the kids rock with me. You know, I think that's why the kids, they rock with me because they're like, yeah, Miss McGuire is real. Like, yeah, I am. You know, I, and, and I try to be real because guess what? The people, the educators that I gravitated to, the Kelly Marshalls, right? The Patrick Joneses, now my new CEO, uh, Dr. Metcalf, they real. Hey, Metcalf. Man, they who they are. And I'm like, damn, these people, these people are CEOs and directors and senior vice presidents, and they are as real as they come. And so I just aspire to be like them. So Ashley, look, before we go, this is closing thoughts. Man, I want to thank you for coming on. What's your what's your final thoughts you got for the people tonight? You know, I like to keep it simple, you know, but <laughs> I am because we are, y'all. Like mm-hmm. I am because we are. And I just want y'all to keep remembering that. Like if we um if you're not working to be your best self, I, I, I'm not. I'm not happy. Like we gotta, we gotta push each other to go harder, to to continue to show up and show out, to be who we are in every space that we hold, and to building those relationships. Like you said, is everything. Um, not only with the community, um, not only with your colleagues, friends, boyfriends, but parents. Make sure you being that intentional about building relationships as you are with other people, with yourself and your kids. Mm-hmm. If you don't do nothing else, make sure y'all stuff is solid and reach out for help because you can't, like I said, we can't be our best selves, our best possible selves by ourselves. We need each other. So let's continue to reach out to each other. You know, I struggle sometimes with even answering my phone and answering, responding to texts. Um, <laughs> But I love my friends that'll pull up on me, you know, mm-hmm. and knock on my door. I, I I embrace all of that. Call me out on social media. You know, let me know that you're there and let's be that for each other. Let's be that for each other. Ashley, I'm going to say this uh, publicly, but, you know, you know, I love you and you're one of my favorite people. And I, I am forever, forever in debt to you because you you did. You helped me grow as an educator. You helped me find the 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 lane you helped me find the the flag that I was going to plant right as an educator and I was going to be a hundred percent on the side of parents and so I appreciate you for allowing for allowing me to discover that that about myself and um, you know whatever you need from me man I'm always rock with you whether your kids are at Tinley or not we family and I'm gonna look out for you and I'm gonna support you and I know you do the same for me so I, I appreciate you coming on I want to say this and I because I, I went on this tangent about black male educators and I'm gonna say this look. Another thing for black male educators, because I can, I, this is my show, so I can say this. About two years ago, I think it was two years ago, I lost my way a little bit. And I think I, I, think I started smelling myself a little bit. And I think I got, I, I became one of those bougie educators, right? 
and I was educating elitists and, and I, I started operating in a space that wasn't healthy. But this is what I'm going to say to to black men like me that's in this position. You have to be very careful of the things that you do outside. Right. And I, we made we made a joke about being, you know, ghetto and all that stuff. But you got to be careful. Right. Because there's a lot of white folks in this education space that would be willing to tear you down. But not only are they willing to tear you down, but they're willing to shut the door on others who are like you, because what they'll do is they'll lump you in that bunch. And so I, I, I prided myself since that day, which is why I went to therapy, right, to make sure that I don't close the door for another black male, that I make sure that I don't remove a seat for another black male to have. And, and I just challenge all the black leaders in this space that we do the same thing, that we don't do this for ourselves, that we make sure we keep sending the elevator back down so other black male educators and leaders can rise to the top. And so that's my TED Talk on <laughs> the Recess Podcast. But I want to appreciate everybody for tuning in. This has been episode 39, Education Freestyle. Catch me next week for episode 40. I got my girl, Jasmine Wright, who's the author oh. of I'm Going to Push Through. That's my homegirl. She's going to be on the show. We're going to talk about that. Here you go. There she is right there. So she's going to be on next week, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, make sure you tune in. But as I say, after every show, right, create the platform, mm. control the conversation, change the culture. This has That's been the nice. Recess Podcast. You like that? That's my motto. I like it. Like Thank it. you. You know, I, I do what I can. Uh, <laughs> i see y'all next week. Stay blessed, stay safe, and uh, drink your water, eat your fruits, protect your mental and your spiritual, and get you a therapist. See y'all next week. <laughs>